Hello, everyone. This is Stu, your co-host, and I'm here with Patty, the paranormalist. Thank you for joining us. And Patty is going to start with part two of time travel today. And Patty, all yours. Awesome. So the first um, episode on time travel was about accidental time travel, people that just wrong place, wrong time, and they sort of stumble into it. Now, whether that means that it is actual time travel or a parallel universe, I don't know. But the concept of um, people being able to time travel is, believe it or not, is historical. Almost every culture traditionally has stories about this. So it is not a new idea at all. It's in Islam. It's in um, the Buddhist culture. There's, an, there's a story in the Bible that can be interpreted that way. So there's a lot of different um, cultures that have traditionally thought time travel could happen or does happen. Okay. Now, I'm going from that to what if, what if it were possible for us to build a machine that could do that? You know, H.G. Wells and, you know, and all that stuff. Um, what if it were? So... Anybody who's known me for more than three hours will find that I know that I have a thing for Tesla. Um, Nikola Tesla was, by all accounts, this is Edison's words, not mine, the most intelligent man in the world. And Tesla made um, a discovery, or at least he claimed he had made a discovery. And basically what he said is that in, it was in 1895, he was doing some work with um, electricity and magnetic fields, and he claimed to a reporter who would see him the next day. The reporter met him to do an interview. Tesla looked really exhausted and disheveled, and he said you know, to him, are you okay? Because he was always, if you ever get to see pictures of Tesla, he was always a very properly dressed man who cared greatly about his grooming. This, you know, not having his clothes, his clothes askew, looking very tired, his hair is mussy, and what have you, would not be typical of Tesla. So what Tesla told him is that he had been working on a high-voltage electrical um, experiment with using magnetic fields, and he had managed to deform space and time and had essentially created a door that led him to be able to see the past, the present, and the future all at the same time. Wow. And he was, you know, extremely excited, um, a little befuddled, and he had literally been hit by the electricity, and that's what gave him that jolt that literally allowed him to go into that space where he could see time as as a river if you will and if he looked in one direction it was past if he looked in the other, next direction it was future and if he looked straight ahead it was you know it was present time now tesla um would spend a great deal of his time when he had the opportunity on trying to recreate this and make it a manageable thing. It's one thing to see something, and you could even make the argument because he was, you know, electrocuted essentially, that he hallucinated it, if you might, you might want to make that argument, but he believed he didn't. 
and he believed that it was something that he could use and that that the military could use that we could all eventually avail ourselves of if if possible so anyhow he he spent time working on it off and on there are stories about um a possible avenue for his being financed by the federal government because the government was working on something now this is an experimental story that i can't prove it but it has never gone away and that's the philadelphia experiment so the story is that they wanted um, the military wanted to be able to cloak ships um, possibly tanks and men as well and that way that nobody could see them and they could also be transported from one space to another so maybe they could go back in time and kill hitler or maybe they could go forward in time and see what happened if such and such occurs which is terrifying because that means they could manipulate history and and what have you and we only you know can't even imagine what the butterfly effect of all that might be but anyhow so he was supposedly working on this experiment now According to people who knew him, he was excited about it at the beginning. He was working on it with um, some other scientists, and this would this experiment would have been um, happened in uh, 1943. So he would be working on it prior to that, so early 1940s. He was an older man. At some point, he becomes convinced that this experiment is horribly flawed. That if they continue down the road, the process um being what it is then yes maybe they could do this but he thinks that the people that were because there's going to be people on board the ship right that these people aren't going to survive and he doesn't want to be part of murdering all these people so he backs out of it and goes no 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 i'm not interested and he steps away from the project supposedly the project occurs and what happens is that the ship which was called the eldridge um left the Philadelphia yard, shipyard, ended up um, in another place and then moved back. The, um, the only, there, there were supposedly a couple survivors or at least one survivor who later would say that men were melted into the um, bulkheads and into the, the, the floors of the ship and what have you, that they were, alive for a brief period of time that like basically um, their molecules all got mixed oh. and um which was basically what tesla was afraid of now we're going to go into some crazy world tonight i have to tell you i don't necessarily believe and or not believe any of this um i do believe well i personally do believe the philadelphia experiment happened based upon a lot of reading over the years but where we're headed next is really interesting. So Tesla dies in the New Yorker hotel, ostensibly completely penniless and being watched by federal agents from at least two or three different agencies. I believe it was the OSI and the FBI who were watching him at the time. And we do know that that may very well be true because there was a young man who worked for the hotel who's still at the hotel. He's now the, the general manager who knew some of the FBI and OSI agents and he was also friends with Tesla as a young man so he had said to Tesla you know these guys are on the same floor as you and they watch you all the time and Tesla knew that he had already known so that you know we do have some eyewitness testimony too and um 
when Tesla died, it was four days until a maid found his body. But here's what we know also happened. And the government has finally admitted it. They've actually released thousands of pages of documents on Tesla out of Freedom of Information just recently. And so this part of it is at least able to be proven pretty succinctly. So they, we know that Tesla had somewhere between 80 and 120 trunks. There were two different numbers that he gave at two different times for how many trunks he had. And he had this great big safe that was almost the size of a small closet that he also had in his room and that this thing and the trunks were all filled with research. When Tesla died, it all went away. It just disappeared. And it disappeared about the same time the OSI and FBI disappeared. So um, it was we're, supposed to, yeah, yeah, we're from the government and we're here to help. Yep. <laughs> they came in, they rifled through it, they packed anything up that was still laying about and they took it all. And we know they did. They took it to what was called the Office of Alien Affairs. So basically, there's this great big building. And um, if you're not a citizen of this country and you die in this country, your personal effects will go to this Office of Foreign, you know, of Alien Affairs. And they will hold this material. Your family will be notified, and then they can make arrangements to get it if they want it. That was the theory. But that is not where it went first. And we know this through testimony and documentation. Where it went first was it went to the government. And government scientists were looking at it. Now, here's an interesting person. We're about to get introduced to the mix. His name was John Trump. He was um, President Trump's uncle. He was a um, scientist. And he gets contacted by the government because they can't make heads and your tails out of a lot of what Tesla has. And they think this physicist can do this. He's, a, he's very well known. He's very renowned, very, very smart man. So they contact him and they say to him, hey, come look at these trunks to tell us if there's anything that's of military application we could use in this stuff. Now, at the, the lower end of the, of the spectrum, there would be 80 trunks. Three days after he begins to look at this data, John Trump says, nah, there's nothing here. Three days. Now he, he went through will, 80 trunks. <laughs> he went through 80 trunks in three days and he found nothing of any importance to the military, to the government, nothing that we could use in any way. Now, and he would actually give interviews later in his life where he talked about this, that he did do this. That he, I mean, he confirmed it. He was given access to these trunks. He did go through them and he didn't find anything he said. But we do know the government did use things like um, Tesla had been working on a death ray, which he believed would help the, Amer the Americans, remember this is time of World War II, to right. be able to um, fight the Germans and the Japanese and, and be more successful more rapidly. Shooting down planes from the ground, basically lasers you know, stuff like that. And the government did confiscate that data and did attempt to use his calculations to do so. So they did take stuff out of there. Eventually his, um, his nephew would um, apply to get the stuff and would be given 60 trunks. Now, why this is all interesting is because Tesla wasn't 
he was born in Serbia, but he was not a Serbian citizen. He was an American. He had become a naturalized American. Everything they did with his stuff was wrong. It was illegal. Because it shouldn't have gone to the Office of Alien Affairs. It should have gone to his family directly. But that stalled the whole system down and gave them time, years. It took decades for the family to sue and get this stuff back. And God only knows what they kept because they only got 60 of the 80 trunks. They got the useless stuff. Well, probably the more yeah. useless stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, now this might sound crazy. Here we go. Now we're jumping down a rabbit hole. It is believed by some that John Trump found the data on time travel. And he kept it. And he worked it through. And either there was already a device or he created a device based upon Tesla's calculations. And... That is rank speculation, except for something really bizarre and interesting that has turned up in the last couple years. So um, there was somebody who noticed that there was a book called Baron Trump's Awesome Adventures, and it was written in the early 1900s. And it's in the Library of Congress. There's actually um, a couple different versions of it so like there's different adventures he goes on if you will okay. and when people got copies of the book which by the way you can get them from amazon now you will find that baron trump is a teenage boy he's the the pictures actually look a bit the sketches look a little bit like the real baron trump that he is guided by a man by the name of Don, that he lives on Fifth Avenue in New York City. The address he gave is actually where the Plaza Hotel is that Trump Towers is at, okay? Um, <laughs> that um, he, he met this man, Don, who was, going, that becomes the last, there's actually an, uh, an adventure that's called The Last President. And um, it's about this man, Don, being this very polarizing figure who runs for president and is the underdog and wins the presidency and all of this interesting stuff, whose um, secretary of agriculture is Mr. Pence. <laughs> and um, like the, there's just like a thousand little details that are all so ironically the same as, you know, the real life story. And it is postulated that, um, hypothesized that it's because they time traveled and that the story was heard by the gentleman who wrote the books and he couched it this way so that he could tell the stories. But that it was actually based on something that truly happened. And anyhow, if you if you're interested and you like that kind of stuff, it is it is really interesting to see all of the the details that are the same. It's called Baron Trump's Marvelous Underground Journey. And then there's a there's the one like I said, the last president and different other ones that are there. And um, there are so many. You just said so many different coincidences. You just sit there and go, that is not even possible. But we do know that Tesla had 
been working on it. He claimed to have already had a device and we don't know whatever happened to any of it. It just all disappeared. So that's, you know, a really interesting story. Now, as you're traveling through all of this, take, you know, just type it in and take a look and see what I'm talking about. There are some pretty amazing um, coincidences in all of this. There is, um, there are other stories that the government has been able to time travel. In 1960s, there was a scientist um, whose name was Ernetti, um, Pellegrino Ernetti, and he built something he called the chronovisor. And he claimed that this chronovisor would allow you to witness events from the past. He said that um, it would use something like the um, the energy of the Akashic record, and it would use an energy mark that is that whenever there's an event in history, it has an energy mark and it's never destroyed. And so you can actually tune in on that energy mark and go to that event. Now, what makes this interesting is that there was a priest, a Catholic priest, who claimed to have used the chronovisor um, to go to different times in history, and he chose the crucifixion of Christ. Now, here's something that makes this fascinating. He claims that this chronovisor allowed you to take pictures of what you were seeing, what you were, you know, watching, and that there are some, there, there are a couple very grainy photographs of what looks like a the crucifixion pictures that he produced. And supposedly this device is now housed um, in the Vatican because they were fearful that he, um, that somebody might use it for, for negative purposes. And so after they had this event where they saw the crucifixion of Christ, it struck them that this could be used for really terrible things as well. Um, getting information that might be used in a negative way so they packed it up and stuck it on a shelf and said nope nobody's ever touching it again but the chronovisor the story of the chronovisor has been around for quite a while and it's it's a fascinating story and like i said the pictures are very grainy but they're there if you want to find them on the internet i had never heard that story before i've been digging deep you have but I've run across the chronovisor a couple different times in my life for different things. Um, now, we had talked about a story of a gentleman who came to Japan. And this would have been 1954. He was just an ordinary guy at the Tokyo International Airports, walking through, getting his passport stat stamped. And all of a sudden, they pull him aside. And they say... This is a fake passport. And he's like, no, no, it's a real passport. And like, no, 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 it's a real passport. But the country you got listed on here, Tarid, doesn't exist. So he's like, no, it does exist. It's been here for forever. He tells them basically where it's at. And he says, you know, I've been here in Japan three or four times. Look, my passport's stamped. And they're like, yeah, 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 we see that. But 
Torah doesn't exist. There's nothing on the maps. And he he's absolutely shocked when they show him a map and he can't find the country of Torah. Well, they take him into custody while they're looking at all of this. They put him in a, up in a room where there's only one entrance exit and they place a guard in front of them. When they come in the next morning to the hotel room on the 15th floor to find him, to talk to him some more, he's just gone. The guard is still standing outside. Everything's the way it should be. But the man from Torah is no longer there. And there are people who believe that this is um, proof that people are time traveling and he was traveling through time and dimensions, came back here and he just, he was shocked to find out that in this dimension, in this time frame, we've never heard of Torrid. So another um, story that I found really interesting was um, the story of a soldier by the name of John Titter. John Titter um, claimed to have been a soldier in the um, United States that he was given a mission to go into the past to save the planet. I know that sounds insane. And he kind of used the example of the Terminator, like he was like the Terminator. He went in and he, he was cleaning up history, basically. In two, yeah, in 2000, um, year 2000, um, there was a message that appeared on an unknown internet discussion forum posted by a name who claimed to be a, John, a United States soldier named John Titter. Um, he claimed he was from the year 2036. He said that his purpose was to save the world from destruction and that he had come back to look for certain characters and take them out so that they wouldn't be able to go to permission. So imagine like if, if Hitler had not survived and, and gotten to become the Fuhrer. So that kind of a thing. He made a bunch of predictions and he told people a lot of information that has since come true and nobody knows what happened to him. He was here for a while and then he just literally disappeared. Nobody's ever heard of him. They can find no records of him. And if he, you know, if he's from 2036, that's because the records haven't been written yet. Well, he at least should be born in this day and age, unless he was, you know, five years old when he did this. No. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's, if he's saying that he was born in 2036 and that that's the time reference. I'm not sure. Ah, he does, okay. He's not clear on that in detail. But he is not the only person to say this. There was an attorney in Seattle who claimed that he was um, hired by the United States government to do time travel as well. His name was Andrew um, Basiago. And he claimed that when he was a kid, he was re recruited to participate in a government program for in inventing time-space hologram machines and teleportation. The program went under the name Project Pegasus. Now, what's interesting is you can find data on a Project Pegasus. And it went from 1968 to 1972. would like to say that Basiago is not the only person who's ever come forward to say that as a child they were recruited by the government for Project Pegasus. There are other people out there who have very similar stories to his. And he insists that he took eight 
trips during his time with Pegasus. He talked about where they sent him and that one of the things he was to do um, was to visit Tesla and that they were using the um, a machine that was based on the data that Tesla had created back in his time frame. So he said that um, he was going to run for president. He did run for president in 2016. It was not, uh, didn't have as much uh, interest as Donald Trump did, but he did run for president. He told everybody Donald Trump would win the presidency and he went on and told a lot of other information about the whole thing that was really interesting because a lot of the stuff he said was stuff that, you know, that you just really wouldn't guess. I mean, you could guess he was president, you had 50-50 shot on that, but then about what Trump would do and how his presidency would end with this big crash and, and all of this, you know, even though he had built a great economy and all of that stuff was kind of interesting because it is kind of what mirrors the truth of the situation. And he said this in 2016 about what was going to happen in 2017, 18, 19, and 20. And whatever he said tended to, it, it worked out. So now, does Pegasus, though, sent them back in time, but yet he knows what's going to happen in the future? It did both. Oh, okay. All right. It could do both. It could go forward or backward. So he went back um, a few times. He went forward a few times. He knew that Trump was going to become the president. He um, talked about what was going to happen during that period of time because he had been in the future and had seen it and knew about it. One of the things I have found, and I'm going to butcher this poor man's name, and it is not intentional. I just simply am not sure I can say it right. So there's a gentleman by the name of Ali Razagali, Gahi, Razagahi, maybe, who is a, an Iranian scientist and inventor. Now, here's what's interesting. In about 2013, there was a press release from Iran by this inventor and scientist. And it said, a young Tehran-based scientist has invented the, a time machine. And they go on and they talk about it. They talk about what was going on with it. And then all of a sudden, it's like somebody realized what he had done. He had spilled the beans and they cleaned up the mess. The next day, everything's gone. It's like, no, no, what are you talking about, man? Nothing like that ever happened. Um, but there were people because of the internet and people who saved articles and what have you who had the articles. So basically, Iran says, no, 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 that was a mistake. Nothing ever happened. But this guy came out and he did interviews for one day before he got caught. All right. And nobody knows what happened to it. It just like he went, he went dark. So my guess is he's probably in some prison somewhere or. Oh, at best. Yeah. At best. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to be nice, uh, trying uh. to be nice. But yeah, I am going imagine or he's in, he's locked in some science lab someplace and He's never getting out again as long as he lives. But it, it was fascinating to, because I actually remember this happening because I, I've always had an ear for this stuff. So I honestly remember when this happened because it made world news that day. 
and then it was just like a blip on the screen and I kept thinking well what's going to happen next and nothing but it has you make she does does make you wonder did he really did Iran pull it because they wanted the advantage they didn't want the Americans to know what is it and maybe the Americans already had one I mean, like they are, they're having races for nuclear weapons. Why would they not have a race for something as important as a time machine? Well, I mean, you, you've heard of the phrase, the Mandela effect. Okay. So how uh, the theory is that, well, I mean, th it was named so because many people have the recollection that in the eighties, Nelson Mandela died in prison. Right. When in fact, history now shows that he did not. And he died much, much later, but uh, people have that recollection that he died in the 80s and the general thought is that time has been manipulated to a degree where we still would have the memories but those events got got wiped away never happened and i know people have been associating the large hadron collider at cern with doing some of these things that are some of the experiments that have changed time um, but any one of these machines just, just think about that now <laughs> There's nothing like a government to screw things up. So now put a time machine in the hands of a government and you're going to get a lot of things screwed up. And that, that <laughs> your stories kind of sound a lot like that, you know, government snafus. It, it does. It, and I have to travel. say, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's, and it's, if it was one person or it was an isolated story, that would be interesting, fun, laughing, what have you. But the CIA, has had people come out of the CIA. There's two informants of the National Security USA um, in the USA who are from the Department of Defense who have come forward and said that fully functional time travel began 45 years ago. Now think about what I said. We have these informants that come out all the time on all these other subjects. And we believe them, we start congressional hearings based on their testimony, all kinds of stuff. There are two national security US informants from the Department of Defense who claim that about 1967, the United States government created a time machine based upon, and here's my buddy again, the blueprints of Nikola Tesla. They use it to cloak military facilities to give political and economic advantages to certain countries to know what the future holds for certain people and places. Some claim that the CIA has um, confiscated Tesla's papers and one of the men, Michael Ralph, R-E-L-F-E, is a former member of the U.S. Armed Forces who claimed he was part of an undercover operation to work with this particular device. He spent 20 years of his life working on this secret research. He claimed that between 1968 and 1972, they centered, the government centered on time travel with time-space exposure. And then he talked about what they did. They said that child, children were more highly suited for the mission for many ominous reasons. First, they were thought to be ideal candidates thanks to their clear minds and lack of impressions or expertise. The government wished to understand if time travel had any aspect effects on younger bodies and minds because it did on older ones. They, uh, older adults 
became insane after a couple journeys. But the kids, because their brains were still building, being built, um, seemed to be able to do those trips more frequently. Now, I want you to think about that and then go back to my other guy who said I was recruited as a child. And, and it's alarming, absolutely alarming that our government, if true, would have done something like that. The thing that I have to tell you, I am, I am very much afraid of our government and I am always questioning everything about the United States government, not just the United States government, all governments, because governments do not exist to help the people and they never have. Maybe at the very beginning at some point, maybe that was the thought, but very quickly governments realize that they need power and money and prestige to continue to grow. And when you look at CIA operations where they, you know, this, for example, um, the one where they were giving drugs secretly to their own operatives, um, where they were killing their own people, where they were killing um, soldiers by testing out LSD and stuff on them. They've tested out radiation on American soldiers without the soldiers knowing about it. There, and I could go through a litany and I can back these ones up with documentation. They fed radioactive cereal to handicapped, mentally handicapped children so that they could trace cancers. They released radiation over a school in Texas, same reason. They released a flu in the New York City subway system and to see how, how diseases would migrate through the system in the city and they killed multiple people with this flu. These are all things we know they did. We know they did. So this is not such a stretch to say that if they have that ability that they, you know, that they've groomed certain people because they know those people were going to be able to pull it off. According to this guy, um, he said that this was this was all being run out of um, a facility in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and that George Bush, father and son, and Bill Clinton were all told about they're going to becoming president. So they groomed these people to fill a slot and to do things a certain way. It's also reported that Obama was approached when he was a student at UCLA. He has, he has actually felt compelled to say, no, that's not true. But if you were approached, wouldn't you want to say, no, that's not true? You know, so it's, it's one of those situations where I'm not really sure how to tell you it is or isn't true. But the fact is that we've got government agents who are saying this has happened. He, um, Batiago said that in 1971, he saw pictures of the attack on the Twin Towers on 9-11, that he saw them. He saw the photographs of what happened. He knew and the government knew that it was going to happen. For the, again, if true, for our government to place that little value on its citizens' lives it, it is just reprehensible. Well, you know, I think a lot of people that would never have believed this four years ago 
are now going to believe it because nobody would have believed that in Australia they were going to have COVID camps that half the almost half the citizens of this country half well, I shouldn't say half the citizens half the Democrats in this country believe we should have COVID camps that the citizens of you know I just watched a video from Australia where a 46 year old lady got arrested by six cops they wrestled her down and she all her crime was is she stopped to get a cup of coffee and she wasn't in her own area you know let me would, see your papers exactly yes. we would never have believed this before but now we're beginning to see that and, and there's some pretty there's some pretty weird videos and testimony out there there's an amazing piece of um testimony from a pilot who claimed that he was flying over dulce new mexico and that he saw the ground open up like it had like an elevator would slide the doors open that it opened up and he could see a, they're called dumps deep underground facilities he could see into a dumb as something was coming up out of it so they had to open up the ground to let it out I mean, we know that there's at least 400 dumps throughout the entire United States. We know there's a maglift rail, you know, system that goes through them. And how do we know this? Because people have come forward and talked about it. And they've, there's been multiple people and, and there's been a couple of them in particular who were made fun of, harassed, treated like crap. And it's turned out that most of what they said was true. That was verified later on so you know i i honestly wouldn't because i've seen so many things and i've gone down so many rabbit holes um i really wouldn't be shocked the cia is not here to help us it's just not it has its own agenda and its agenda has nothing whatsoever to do with us it has to do with their own power structure and if you don't believe that go diving into the CIA at some point in your lifetime and start reading the stuff that's public. God only knows what's in those secret files. This is just the stuff that's made it through and it's public. Bassiano has come out, he does he does lectures and and talks about this all the time. He feels that that's probably the safest stance for him because now everything's out in the open and he he's no longer, what whatever threat he was has been negated by that. You know, look at Phil Schneider. If you go back and you talk about Phil Schneider, I'm not sure if you're familiar with who he is, but you know, he was uh, Phil Schneider was a, a contractor, a government contractor, who claimed that he was doing some work building a dumb, and he hit a place where the diamond built diamond drill bits weren't going through, and they decided that. Um, that they were hitting some sort of underground shaft or something that already existed, but they were the stuff they were given said that there was nothing there. So they decided to put um, Phil Snyder down in the hole to see what's happening. And he drops into what's an already existing facility and tells this insane story about lizard people and um, American soldiers who were down there. And he got shot and by one of the lizard people and a soldier jumped in front of him and he was able to get back up into the thing that lifted him up and the soldier died. Now, what makes Phil Schneider's story really compelling is the fact that four of his fingers had been melted 
and he had a big long scar in his chest from being ripped apart by a laser and nobody could tell you how it happened and he only had he only talked for one year and then he was found he supposedly committed suicide by garroting himself while sitting in a rocking chair his ex-wife would argue the point mm. and then it was an accidental death just shaking my head for those of you who can't see the video I'm just shaking my head mm. yeah there's some, i mean so when we're going down this rabbit hole into this world um it's not as crazy as it sounds if tesla did this and we know tesla did a lot of stuff that was kept secret by the government because they didn't want anybody to know about the death ray. They didn't want to know how he could use sound and harmonics to vibrate buildings apart. And they didn't want anybody to get any of that stuff. If he had a time machine, if he had schematics for a time machine that other scientists could look at and play with, then the government had them or John Trump took them and, and sold them back to the government or something happened. And I don't know. I can't tell you point blank this is true. I can tell you it's a lot of suggestive stuff going on out there. A lot of people who have had these experiences, some of them are pretty bizarre stories. Some of them have some chops behind them. You know, John Trump, I watched an interview with John Trump when he was an older gentleman talking about you know, having gone through Tesla's trunks and laughing as he said, I didn't find anything of any interest militarily. Ha 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 ha. But again, isn't that what the government would want you to do if you were in the employee of the government? Campaigns of disinformation. Sure. I, I highly recommend anybody who's interested in this subject, go watch the Tesla files. It will not talk about time machines, but it will give you an idea of how crazy and covert the world was for Nikola Tesla and how much the government was watching him. There, there, um, there are just some amazing pieces of information in that. So there's this physicist, reporter, and one of the world's best biographers on Tesla, and they go on this journey to try to recreate the last years of his life. And as they do so, they find some really interesting and unusual things. I bet. So, you know, um, I just, the whole subject is fascinating to me because there's just so much data that it is possible. We know that it accidentally happens. You know, there's a street in Liverpool where every so often somebody comes up with a story. It's like there's a, a wormhole or something there and multiple stories have appeared. A police officer who stepped through a doorway and ended up in 1956 and this was the 1980s. Um, a lady who went to go shopping at a store that hasn't been there since the 1940s. And, you know, those kinds of stories repeatedly happening in this one little section of the street in Liverpool. There are other places where this happens on a fairly consistent basis. So something's going on. Parallel universe, time travel. I can't give you the answers, but I'm hoping that by talking about this, it'll spark people to start asking questions. And, you know, don't just assume the world is what we say it is, because it's not. There's some crazy videos out there. I know videos can be edited, but there are some crazy videos out there of, like, cars going down this, the road, and then they're just gone. Uh, security footage of a person just materializing out of nowhere. 
and then like looking around and then just taking off walking, holding a little device in their hands. And, you know, we've got everything's cameraed up in this country anymore and in England's even worse. So it's not surprising to me that we're catching little bits and pieces of footage. Yeah, but unfortunately, a lot of those cameras aren't such high resolutions. You know, so they're, some, they're, you know, I agree. Some of them aren't, but it's still, I mean, I've seen some pieces that are pretty compelling. There's a, a piece of footage of a guy and he's walking along, it's night. So he's, you know, it's just a young man with a hoodie and he like, he, he's like looking around and then he bends over, he finds something, he picks it up. There's this weird, almost like a light glare that shoots out. This is in the dark, but it's infrared footage. So you can, and I'm pretty good for my ghost hunting days on being able to see what's going on in infrared. And um, you see what looks like a glare and then it goes and then he's just gone. He leans into that glare and he's just gone. Um, I've seen a car and it was police was released by the police. The car, there is a police officer. He's chasing a car. It's a little red car and he's trying to um, to stop it. It's speeding. And it's going and he knows that there's a gate coming up. So it's going to have to stop or hit the gate. It goes through the gate, literally. Yeah, I've, I've seen that video and people were speculating on, well, you know, a section of the fence lifted up and then came back down. But then there was no evidence of that. I mean, you, you could clearly see that the fence was still congruent. I mean, it was there right. was yeah, nothing had happened to that fence. Right. So there's so many pieces. So what I'm saying is there are mysteries out there. There are things that we don't know, things we don't understand, things that maybe the government doesn't want us to know. I mean, look at the story of Frank Olson, who was a scientist for the government, for the CIA, who was poisoned with um, LSD and most likely murdered by the CIA when he and his family began pushing on finding out what happened to him. He was part of the um, the CIA's experiments on LSD, but he didn't know he was. Like he went to work and then they had like a, a retreat weekend and they slipped him LSD and it messed with his brain. And he began to become paranoid. Things were going on. Then the, the CIA steps in and like, no, no, we'll take care of you, Frank. Let's take you to New York. And he goes to New York. He comes home. He just barely gets home. And the same friend says to him, oh, we got to go back to New York. They go back to New York and he supposedly jumps out of the an upper floor window of a hotel and commits suicide. But if you talk to the people that were there, none of it makes any sense. And his family was told for 30 years easily that the whole story was a lie. He just had a nervous breakdown and jumped until his son litigated this and wouldn't let it go and finally got the documents and then finally the CIA admitted they had been secretly drugging him with LSD and they damn well knew it the whole time. You know, since we've begun this journey on the, on these podcasts, anything, any stories that have to do with any government agencies have, have not ended well for people. Oh no, no. And there's more to that story. I could tell you if I, if I had the time, but I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not big on believing in, I think that there are good people. I'm going to say this this way. I think there are good people that go into the government. And I think that they mean well, some of them. And I think there are some good people that are in the government today. 
but that doesn't mean that I don't believe that there's also groups of people inside the government that have a different agenda. And that we know that happens. We've known that forever. You just have to look at history to see there were certain people in, in power who had certain agendas and they pursued them no matter what. It's not it's not a hard thing to see. You can you can see how when with the FBI and the CIA and different organizations. We haven't sakes. We now know that they did sell, you know, cocaine to, to support the Iran Contra war. They sold cocaine in the United States. And they got a lot of people hooked on it because they had an agenda. We do know Obama sold guns in South America that were brought back here and shot American, you know, police officers and what have you. None of this is a is a is a reach. This is all documentable. If that's the stuff we know, imagine what we don't. Oh, I pine for the just the plain old ghost stories. <laughs> oh, they'll be back probably next week. But I every so often I go into this. I I just go into these because I want people to understand. You gotta think. You gotta think for yourself. You gotta go outside your box always. It's important. It's not. It's not. You know. Oh, to be overwhelming. It's to be thinking. Thinking outside the box. What else? Is, and I think that way about everything. Like somebody's talking to me, I, I have to, because of my job, I have to think, why are you talking to me this way? Why are you at, telling me this information? What's going on? It's not that I don't trust them and I don't like these pe like people. It's just, I'm always looking for whatever, what's the angle? There's always an angle of, of, with all of us. We don't even know it sometimes. You know, we don't necessarily know that's what we're doing. It's just that it's human nature. We're always going to work toward our own ends as a general rule. I'm not saying that there aren't people who are selfless and, and what have you. There are certainly are. But we always work toward our own, even subconsciously. We work toward our own ends. Well, that's that's probably a, a survival instinct built into us all. Sure. That's and I don't mean be. that in a terrible way. It just is what it is. We all have to do that. We all want to survive. You're right. And we all see the world through our own prism. And so it doesn't sound that way to us. You know, then the, end, the ends do justify the means. The, you know, they could make that mental leap. Of, okay, so we have to do this to get the money to do such and such because that's an important thing to do. Well, without beating up on our government too much. <laughs> <laughs> and other governments. I mean, still underlying it is is this just fascinating technology that, yeah, face it, that that a hundred years ago, people would look at and say that's magic. Yep. Or and and just I mean even even the things that we, well the, I mean that the, just the term paranormal by itself means things outside of the norm. Okay. Right. So it's it's the. Uh, I mean that that's the whole reason for this podcast is to is to explore those things and uh, with even the little little tangents about government agencies beside uh, I'm still fascinated by the, the the science behind it behind it all so I'm I'm going to be looking more into 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 Tesla and uh and uh, things about him yeah more, I'm going to concentrate more on the techno technological side than the than the nefarious side of things but well, I mean, they all go together. They just do. But like you brought the Mandela effect. I mean, 
-hmm. Maybe that's part of it. I mean, my, my oldest son is fascinated with the Mandela effect and he's forever collecting stories on that. And, you know, there's things he remembers from being a kid growing up and they're not true now. You know, the name of uh, a character or a name of a show, like the Bernstein Bears, or okay, the Bernstein Bears. He knew it as one thing, and now they're saying, no, it was not the Bernstein Bears, it was the Bernstein Bears. They no, I remember the books. Yeah, my, my son had them too, and I, I remember very clearly me looking at them and saying, Bernstein yeah. Bears, and <laughs> only because... This is going to sound so crude because my son called them the butt stain bears. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, to me, they were always the bear and stain bears. So that, that that's what they were. So, um, yeah, th there are certain things that everybody remembers. But I mean, and and the funny thing is, I can't recall the 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 celebrity or the uh, yeah famous person within this past year who I saw the notification that they died. And I said to my wife, didn't they die like five or six years ago? And yeah, you know, again, I'm getting older, who isn't? So is my memory fading? You know, do, do I have false memories? Or are they real? I don't know. Well, I mean, everybody has those things and I'm not gonna say that's not true, but whenever it becomes a cultural thing, like, you know, like you were saying about Nelson Mandela, there's a lot of people who remember that a certain way. A lot of people, the Berenstein Bears, there's a whole generation of people who remember it a certain way. And yet it isn't. And there's all these glitches in the matrix, people that, um, you know, that we see things and they're, and they're going on and then all of a sudden they're, they're different. And people are like, no, that didn't happen. You're like, no, I, I just saw it happen. I just saw it. Up, oh, your kitty's there. The Stu is, is a kitty cat person, too, mm -hmm. as, as am I. Mm -hmm. Hello, sweetheart. Say hi, Cassie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hi, Cassie. How are you? She's sleepy. <laughs> My cats have been crashed all day long on the bed because it's nice and warm in, in here, mm -hmm. and they like that. Well, Daddy's nice and warm now because Daddy's wearing a hoodie <laughs> to try to keep warm himself, so. Uh it's good to see Miss Cassie. She usually sleeps beside you. I know while we're doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is her favorite spot when I'm sitting here in my office. So. Well, I am done with my conspiracy theories, but like check into the, some of the stuff I'm talking about. There's some really cool science behind it. Oh, believe me, I am. At being a tech guy, I, I love the science. So I, I shall be looking into those. And anybody wanting to look further into our podcast has no reason to look any further than our YouTube channel, uh, The Paranormalist Podcast on YouTube. And we would very much appreciate it if you would click that subscribe button, click the like button. Um, we also have the same video podcasts also on our, our Facebook group, The Paranormalist Podcast. And against, again, all the audio different formats or all the audio platforms that we're currently on uh, you'll continue to find us there. And uh, don't forget to email us if you feel the inkling to. And that's paranormalist at the paranormalistpodcast.com. And we would really, really like to hear uh, your, your stories, your comments. And uh, we won't sell your email address. We won't spam you. 
Yeah, we just no, not at it, all. It's it's a one way back. I mean, it, it's a one way into that mailbox. In fact, I even have it set up so that it's an inbound only mechanism. We can't even send out of it. I'm the tech guy. <laughs> yeah, he's the tech guy. I'm the crazy conspiracy lady that talks to ghosts. But yeah, I hope everybody. Um, we're actually picking up some more members for um, our Facebook group. Um, every week we're adding new members, so if you want to go in check out there, you can talk to us more directly. Um, it's a lot of fun, and we have some great folks who have been sharing some really cool stories. Excellent. Until the next time, my friend, good evening. Okay, thanks, Patty. Good night. Good night.